0: high hope for this
1: Brothers and sisters, may the peace that can only come from the one God be upon you. We are here to tell the people that we hear you. One God will not allow us and people of conscience to lose our morale. We see the crimes of this government. How they support every dictator and criminal on this earth. In crimes, you can feel that to go down. they like about fifteen eighteen thousand 18,000 feet high or something like that here, then they quite away, away from their, their base there, but uh every time I ever seen one, they were they was heading back uh, north.
0: Episode 2, you call that radio? I decided to do this episode about a few things, but the overriding theme here is synchronicity, serendipity, daft coincidences. Depends which way you look at it. Now, I'm, I'm far from a religious person. I can be quite cynical as well, but I'm, quite, I'm open-minded, but cynical. Especially when people are... I'm cynical when people pretend to me that they know all the answers and they want me to pay money to find out more. However, I do think you see lots of weird coincidences and patterns, and it's cool to observe them. And that's what I was thinking about. It's been happening all week. You know, just weird stuff like you say a word, and then somebody says the same word on the TV, or you're thinking a thing, and then it appears online. Or like when you're scrolling through the YouTube comments, and then the the exact lyrics at the same time come out, but that's a wee bit more reasonable. But you get all sorts of mad stuff that happens at the same time. And, yeah, there's just been loads happening this week. And literally before I went online there, um, just before I started the show here, I noticed something weird. So basically I'm sharing about with the legendary poet Don, Dr. John Cooper-Clark, the poet, at Eden Festival this weekend. Um, Use I'm listening to this in the future so it's already been but I'm on it after him so I take Dr John into Twitter to see if I could find him just to tag him just to see I'm basically shitting myself about how I need to go in after him to a pure rowdy rabbi's tavern at half ten at night and then a few minutes ago just before I literally started this it appeared on my news feed that Dr John the singer-songwriter has passed away and obviously it's probably Facebook knows that I take Dr. John or maybe I take Dr. John Cooper-Clark into Facebook. So you're getting a lot more of these weird coincidences because there's a robotic algorithm knows what you like and what you're looking for. So you're going to get fed more of that kind of stuff. Now this episode is actually recorded, the interview, the interview at the end is with American hip-hop legend Brother Ali. And this was recorded a few months ago now. And we actually talked about synchronicity at the end, which is actually quite weird also. So, now, the the this episode should not have been Brother Ali. This episode was supposed to be Reverend D. Wayne Love of Alabama 3 fame, who sadly passed away. And the episode was supposed to come out last week, but we got the music passed away and obviously I just shelved it and reshuffled things out of respect for Jake and Jake's family and also just because I'm going to need to re-edit and do a tribute at the start and stuff like that and I'm not ready to listen to it because I had a, a wee listen to it and it's, it's, a, it's a cracking interview but obviously for me there's a lot of questions that I wish I'd asked we were in the icebox and there's lots of stuff going on in the background and Jake seemed like the kind of guy that would be, that would come up and talk to us every time he was in Glasgow. So I didn't, so many interesting stories. I, I didn't expect that to be the last time I would have a proper chat with him. So, yeah, the the the, the Reverend in Love episode will, will come out at some point, but now's not the right time. I think I will be at the funeral on the same day that, the podcast is launched, we announced that the podcast was coming out on the 15th of June and it's just been announced yesterday that that's when the funeral is going to be held. So we'll hold it back, but it is a brilliant interview and just a, an interesting guy, an absolute legend and despite his international fame, he was always happy to talk to anyone who was at the gig and he, he was always full of advice and just bigging us up because he's the greatest rock and roll band in Glasgow. Which was amazing for us to hear. And it was our drummer, Gordy Duncan Jr.'s dad's favourite favorite band. So it meant a lot to us to, to, you know, play their after parties and stuff like that. And Jake even joined us, the Gyro Babies, on stage at the bars a couple of years ago for a tune as well. So it's um, sad. Glasgow's grieving. So that interview can wait till the time's right. So, but, we we do have Brother Alion who is a fantastic guest. He's a he's international superstar and we're gonna have a good show. Before we get into it, there's a couple of things. We've got we've got a couple of, we've got a, a first of our segment, which may be a regular segment coming up called Bad Politicians with Bad Excuses. But before that, I would just like to talk about what's happening this week in um, the hip hop scene in Scotland so I just want to address that because if I don't say anything people will say something and if I do say something people are going to say something so I'm just I'm just going to need to mention it especially since I've just seen a couple of posts there that have, have kind of set me off so remember the Dr. Dre talks Look out for Detox. It's coming soon. That's... That's good. Hi. Where he came from. So let's begin. This week, an artist went on stage at a hip-hop night called Butter and dropped a song that many say Is homophobic, transphobic, English phobic, BBC phobic, lots of phobics, allegations getting thrown about. For me, I can't really argue with a lot of that. The song, the, the delivery, the tone, the lyrical content, for me, it's just disappointing. Because I know the artist and he's a good guy, from what I know, seems absolutely sound. And as an MC, he's brilliant. Not so much in that track. I know a lot of people are slagging him as an MC because he's it's not his best track as an MC. But if you listen to his other stuff, fabulous MC. Now, it's just hard to defend that kind of stuff. So I'm not going to defend it. But I think it's also worth pointing out that what I, what I don't like is when the internet goes crazy. And also what's happened now is is that he's now, with everyone fighting against him, he's fighting back. He's not dealing well, in my opinion. But I, I don't know if anyone has ever been in a situation where the internet's falling out of you for the day or two but it's, we'll maybe do a podcast on it properly one time because it's it's social media has changed things so people can go from hero to zero very quickly careers can get ruined or everyone just forgets about it and actually mates again the next day but you can't release something like that and not expect a backlash so it's uh, it's kicked off it's kicked off And I hope that once the backlash dies down, he'll take a bit of time to reflect on that. And and maybe maybe he does agree, or he didn't mean it, or he meant something else that's been taken out. Maybe he's been... Maybe he was in a character role. Maybe he doesn't believe these things. Maybe he does. Maybe he meant it a different way. But just the way it's worded, it's just really hard to defend. However... Uh, Not everyone's had the same upbringing or background. He's from Ayrshire. A scheme in Ayrshire. It's a different world to what a lot of people might understand living in the West End of Glasgow, for example. Now also, add to that, if you add to that the fact that there's loads of right-wing propaganda going about Add to that, people angry at austerity. And the media tactics has always been divide and conquer. And interesting enough that he actually brings it up, he talks about the gay agenda, which I don't know how serious he is about that. But if there is a gay agenda, in my opinion, it's that things like the Daily Mail and other things like that, they bring up little... Things where someone, one person in a million is identified as something bizarre. And they use that so that people go, oh my God, what's the world coming to? And people get angry about it. Because people are angry about life and the way things are going. And it's good to have a scapegoat. And the scapegoats right now tend to be the disabled, either transgendered, and refugees, and immigrants, just actual immigrants are uh, are the focal point of everybody's rage. And it's really strange because it never seems like the people that make the decisions that hurt people ever have to answer to anything. And that's kind of what, what that what he was saying was that he was trying to say that, but it seems like he, in my opinion, he's he's totally skewed the reality that I see in my in my world. I see it completely differently. And also, I live in I live in Glasgow. But I know what it's like in Ayrshire, a scheme in Ayrshire. They 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 don't have as many ethnic minorities, or or even gay people. I mean, gay people move to the cities to get away from these places. You don't... It it takes a very brave person to... to come out as being gay. So, I think that there might just be an element, just a small element of ignorance, and I don't mean that in a disrespectful manner at all, but unaware of how these words can affect people that, that, you know... Also there was stuff about English rappers and it wasn't made clear what English rappers he was talking about. It's only like all English rappers in Scotland were to go home, basically, or something like that. So there's just so I mean there's just so much to pick through there that is it's really hard to defend it, but I'm not gonna spend any much longer on it. My opinion is that when these things happen, it's very easy to jump down someone's throat. And that just makes them dig in doubly deep. And the people that defend them are people with the same opinions. And we just kind of fight. We're the loggerheads. And I think that it it just takes a bit of some calm heads and just some conversations to sort it out. But you're not going to get that when something's just broke. So hopefully in the future things calm down and maybe people can, can come together again and just sort of chill out a wee bit. Because at the end of the day, it is hip hop and I don't think we should have censorship. In hip hop, there is so much stuff that gets said in hip hop that we we turn a blind eye to. Because it's funny or because it pops. And I think the problem with that is it wasn't particularly funny. It wasn't it wasn't funny. And yeah, it sounded like he was serious. And I think that I've read his explanation and it sounds like it sounds like he, he was trying to make some points but didn't word them well. And yeah, I just it's just hard to defend that man. It's a it's a bit of a shocker. But I do having met the guy, I do know that he seems like his heart's in the right place. So hopefully just give him a chance, you know what I mean? to chill out his video's been taken down I think he's been deleted for Facebook I don't know he's he's had a tough week anyway and you know he did bring it on himself and the scene is right to call people out when we see especially in this climate we, we don't want things going turning right wing we don't be turning into Brexit into Daily Mail people in the Scottish hip hop scene and that is pretty much the opposite of what we should be about and music for me is about bringing people together and hopefully, I mean it was a naive viewpoint but there shouldn't be space for hate in these communities so hopefully we can learn from this and move on and give the guy a chance to explain himself when he's not trying to, you know he's he's in deep, he's in deep, he's trying to dig himself out and he's digging himself in deeper, so I'm not going to go on about it anymore because the point is, the whole point of this was, I just had to give perspective to, to listeners who don't know anything about this. So the point of this is that we should be talking about the positives. How many people have been commenting and having opinions about the negative stuff with like this when it kicks off? How many views did that get when... Why do we not show the same amount of passion when somebody drops a masterpiece of an album, or a song, or a freestyle, or or why are we not sharing good people's music and up and coming artists' gigs online? Why are you not sharing event pages to things that people need just to support on? This isn't just that pop. This is this is all across the board. This is in every single music scene, and every other world as well. Just everything. We focus on the negatives all the time, and why not share an up and coming artist piece of art that they put their heart and soul into? It? Why not bring your friends and tell your friends about a gig that's coming up and bring people down? These artists if they could just make a bit more money, they could keep cranking out more art. The reason they don't crank out more art is because they've got to do shitty real jobs all the time. And some of these people are so good, they, sh- they shouldn't have to do that. They should be able to do what they love all the time. And we could do that if we all just just like their statuses, comment on their statuses, even a fire emoti- emoticon. Just engage with the art and share the art and get some positive moves in the go. And there's, there's lots of positive stuff happening. Respect BA's got a brand new album out. Bose has got a masterpiece ready to go out under another alias. The, you know, the Loki documentary's coming out about the history of Scottish hip-pop. Kieran Mack's coming back. Physics is sitting on a classic Sorai's new single is dope. Steg G and the Freestyle Master albums, absolutely brilliant. That's with CCTV, Empress, and and Sorai again. You know, you've got lots of stuff. Sherlock's he's killing it. Zesh is doing BBC stuff. It's um, there's a lot of there's a lot of hope and a lot of good stuff. Lots of young people coming through, and yeah, just the reason I'm even talking about this is because I'm seeing things getting directed at the promoter now, Steg, who, who runs Butter. And that guy puts so much effort in it, everything that he does on Sunny Govan, his production, his, uh, you know, all the radio shows. And he's done 30 nights, 33 hip-hop nights in the last year that's given so much talent a chance to work on their craft and play stages, sometimes for the first time, and just get better as artists, and build connections. And these nights are important, so please do not boycott Butter. He didn't know what was going to get said. You know, I could have happened to anyone. I've booked the artist in question before, and I wouldn't have known that he was going to say that stuff. So let's not blame it on the promoter. No promoter knows what the artist is going to do on stage, unless they've already got a bad track record which this artist doesn't have he's got a flawless record from what I know of what, what I know of him so support Butter the next one's on uh, June the 29th which I sadly can't go to because we've got another gig uh, at the Icebox the Twistates, Busker Rhymes Trongate Rum Rites and the Harlem Bob Trotters which is Nicole from Colman Mustard's new band and I think I'm hosting I might be doing a raffle or something so I, yeah, that's it. Support Butter. And uh, sort it out. To, let's not go down the, the Daily Mail route of hip-hop. I can't think of anything worse. But let's also not lose our mind. And this isn't a, a hip-hop show, normally. we have got to do a bit of everything on You Call That Radio. But we have got Brother Ali in the house, in this show, who is a worldwide hip-hop legend. So, there might as well be a hip-hop theme to this one. <laughs> what else has been happening in the hip-hop news? Jay-Z has become the first billionaire rapper and then everybody's went, oh, I thought Dr. Dre did that ages ago and then folk are like, no, I had to share some of his money so he only actually made 850 million. So he's only got <laughs> 850 million which is probably like a billion because the minute you can get away with paying people nowadays because of the cost of everything's went up. I suppose you've got a, the cost of your your petrol for your cars and that. It's a shame for him. Only he's only got he's only got eight hundred. He's only got eight hundred million. Poor Dre. Aye, I'm going to leave you with one little bit of synchronicity before we go into the next part of the show with Brother Ali and our first ever segment. This is some words from the late, great, very reverend Dwayne Love himself.
2: And you know, start getting on this Scottish hip-hop thing because it's undeniable.
0: And the winner of the Scottish Comedian of the Year Award 2019, sponsored by Andy Murray's Ma goes to the guy at the bus stop, the guy at the bus stop, come on up to the front, come on up to the front, come on up to the front, well it's been a brilliant year for you, Um, there was one performance in particular I think everyone just took to their heart and um, could you tell us about your, your big performance, guy at the bus stop. Aye, well, I was just at the bus stop, and a guy asked me for a cigarette. I said, no boiler pal," and then he said, "Have you got a lighter as well?" And I said, "Do you want me smoking for you?" I said, "Do you want me smoking for you?" Or not? Do you want me smoking for you? Do you want me smoking for you? <laughs> the guy at the bus stop. Life is full of surprises I never thought that Teresa May Would keep her job as long as she did That was surprising But then when she finally chucked it That was actually surprising Because I didn't think she would ever quit Another surprise to me Was that Apparently, CDs in the first half of 2018 sold 245 million, which is a big surprise as well. And then I got another surprise today when Thomas Ray of the CD Unity group messaged me saying that he had a special offer for you, call that radio listeners. So basically, if people are still buying CDs, which might be surprising to you, but these are the facts. So if you want to sell some CDs, then go to audio-unity-group.com forward slash YCT and that gives You Call That Radio listeners 15% off all orders over 100 units, free UK delivery and a whole bunch of other free stuff in the bundle. Tom's also brilliant at mastering. they will give you a wee deal as well if you need your, your music mixed or mastered. So, yeah, surprises. Audio dash Unity dash Group dot com forward slash YCT. What a bad excuses from my politicians blaming all on the other persons. Bad excuses from my politicians blaming all on the other persons. I misspoke. I was tired. Must have lost the dossiers in the tumble dryer fire You remember that, look the other way I'm gonna seek help or sack my PA Let me be clear, but be very vague To keep my job I do whatever it takes Don't call this an apology Direct your questions to another day Expenses out of context now I'm on my way to be with my family That's all I've got to say And fitting in with the synchronicity theme, I was thinking about segments. And then out of nowhere, a Tory leadership contest drops in my lap. And, of course, there's some bad excuses kicking about. This one is a belter. And we'll do this. I don't know if this will be a regular segment or it'll just be when, you know... When I buy, I'll just be when I buy this So I'm not going to dig up the past You know what I mean I'm not going we'll to just, We'll just stick to the new ones So this guy He's a Tory He's called Rory Stewart And he wants to be the next Prime Minister And somehow it's, it's appeared That um, because he's in a Tory leadership race All this stuff comes out That he took He smoked uh, it was a heroin, it heroin? Opium Opium And um, he had it Ten years ago And he told the Telegraph that the opium had no effect on him because I was walking 25 to 30 miles a day. Aye mate, and Tom Weir was smoking crack but he was fine because he was just all that walking. You know, well actually Tom Weir was probably on, on the mushies to be fair. He said, I thought this is going to be a very strange afternoon to walk but it might be that the family was so poor They put very little opium in the pipe. So he's actually, he's actually slagging a family for being poor that gave him some free opium that he wanted. He wanted the opium. And now he's kind of 10 years later dissing them going, oh, they were were, were quite poor. There was probably a a shite amount in it. So this is the new, you know, this is a wee bit better than I took it. I smoked cannabis, but I didn't inhale it. This is the new 2019 version where he actually, you just walk it off. I mean, imagine just saying that to a driver. I, I'm I'm tripping at my nut. I'm ten times over the limit, but I had a really brisk walk earlier on. I'll be sound. I'll be sound. I walked in. Uh, I, I live in a high rise flat, officer. So by the time I walked in the stairs, I sobered up. And uh, the guy I got if he was 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 pretty poor anyway. He's uh, he was he was skint. So I probably. The alcohol wasn't it that potent. Um, aye, so aye, bad excuses from bad politicians. And if you've got any suggestions, feel free to email you call that radio at gmail or you can phone up the hotline, which is 07340 508 500 and leave a voicemail, and we'll happily play your voicemail. Or you, you can do that about anything. Anything at all, just give us a wee phone and we'll try and play your voicemails on the show so that you call that radio.
2: You call that radio?
0: Bad excuses from my politicians Blame it all on the other person It's the people have fears this one, the other one, because be you're voting against somebody, not so voting somebody. Sorry I interrupted you mate, I know you're going to say it's important, but I just said I have to interrupt. I've never seen The Matrix. Never. Well, not even, not, not, not even seen it. Not, not even, not, no sequels, not the first one. Not, not even seen
1: the people have Call radio.
0: So aye, uh, the synchronicity is that we have had a bit of a negative week. In, in Scotland but we've got one of the most positive hip-hop role models coming up next an absolute legend uh, the brother Ali who it was an absolute pleasure to speak to him and he's such an interesting guy I could have talked to him for ages but he was doing a lot of interviews that day and the agent um, told me please don't go over half an hour because he will, he will keep talking and um, yeah, you got that impression from me. It didn't, didn't seem like he was in a hurry. He gave full answers, and and I was I was it was just a pleasure to speak to him. So uh, before we do that, just a, a wee final bit of positivity. Just keep it positive, guys. You know what I mean? And make have fun, make good music, and have fun. And if you you know if you are going to have opinions and do something political or whatever, then just remember that one hundred and fifty thousand people were declared fit to work, declared fit to work, and they died without a penny to their name, and the NHS is getting sold off to Trump, there's all sorts of stuff to have a go at, rather than, you know, but then everyone loses their shit over vegan steak bakes, and and MMA fighters, and it just seems really weird that this stuff, really gets pushed out there, and people really react to it, it's mental, so anyway, that's enough of that, keep it positive, I want a, just thank a few people quickly before we go into Brother Ali. More Famish, the producer, has been helping me master this stuff. Absolutely amazing. He's been he's been an absolute legend. Thank you so much to More Famish for, for just helping out. Gordy Duncan Jr. for helping me do the jingles. Marco for all his podcast advice because I'm coming into a totally new world here and he's really been helpful. Thomas Ray's been doing some stuff, doing some mastering for the the jingles and also Thomas Ray's giving everyone that listens to this show a special offer. So if you go to audio dash unity dash group dot com forward slash YCT, which stands for You Call That Radio, and he'll give you a wee deal. So he'll give you a discount on mastering services, he'll give you a discount on CDs. And there's also other free stuff on there. Just go to the website to check that out. Tom's done the Gyro baby stuff. He's done Jackal Trades. He's done Twistettes. He's done Mickey Nines. The guy is an absolute master at mastering. So get him checked out. Also, shout-outs to Tam at High Street Cafe, which is a new cafe that's opened up in High Street. They're doing some good stuff. Uh, Shouts to Crink at the DispensaryCBD.com. Shout-outs to the Icebox for letting me record some of the L interviews in there. And they're doing a big fundraiser gig on the 29th of June that I'll be hosting. And it features the Dates, Buster Rhymes, Trongate Rum Rights, and the Harlem Bob Trotters first ever gig. So that should be a good crack there as well. And just a massive thank you to Raymond, who is a photographer. If you go to photography by Mundito on Facebook, he'll do you a wee deal as well. If you if you mention that you've you heard about him through, you call that radio He's been really supportive and all the Patreons, it's crazy right now as I speak, this is about, about nine days before it officially launches and it in the future. But at the moment, we have 20 subscribers that are, are just chipping in a couple of pound a month, the Mincing and Tatties crew, it's £2.40 a month and everyone gets some bonus material, you get put into a raffle every so often, we're doing it. We've been just in a raffle last night. We gave away a weekend pass to Eden Festival that's worth about 130 quid. We gave away CDs, merch, stickers, all that kind of stuff. And we've been giving out guest lists to the Mickey Nines, Gyro Webies gigs. We've been just, just if we'll try we'll get you the guest list. We've got people's guest list onto the Moods gig. So if you know, if you are enjoying what you hear, just stick a couple of pound in a month and we'll get you some discounts and some free stuff and some bonus material. and, if you don't want to do that, then that's fine as well. You can just just enjoy it, but please do share if you're enjoying it or leave a rating if you've enjoyed it. I think that all helps us. I'm quite new to this podcast world, but apparently ratings pushes us up the charts or whatever that is. So, yeah, thank you for listening. It's, it's an absolute pleasure to introduce our first uh, of many guests lined up. And this is the fantastic brother Ali.
1: This is nowhere different from anywhere else in the world, man. I'm I look out my window, I see the whole thing. One side of the street is Malone's funeral home, and the other side the library. I try very hard to picture this. Walks the way I live at, where parents are embarrassed to tell you they raised their kids at. You make some half and half over an eight ball, you can get that. Little riding and you, you get all, all of your ribs cracked crack in a location where slang it's not seen as a f-ing recreation, but a vocation. And the sellers and the smokers are both pacing. Got one eye on Minneapolis, PTA they both racing. Three for fifty is the supply and demand in the Twin Cities, American heartland. And they've been busy, masterminds tearing apart plans. And whom dream is falling with blisters on their hands, with chains dangling from the rims. Pain strangles them from within till a belt around the the arm the vein yeah. is a <laughs> Brother
0: Ali, it's an absolute honour to have you on the podcast uh, Big fan of your music, have been for years So thanks for doing this today
2: Thank you Mark, I'm happy to talk to you man
0: uh, First of all, I just, the, the first question that popped into mind um, Is when people ask about Brother Ali I always uh, send them well, recently I've been sending him to the, the Uncle who He Taught Me song, which is probably one of the greatest storytelling tracks I've ever heard. And it's crazy to me that that's a true story. And you're basically rapping on Iran, which is illegal. And could you just tell us a little bit about what actually happened there, mate?
2: Yeah, well, I got invited to go to Iran uh, to, go to, to speak at a conference. And the conference was about the subject of uh, police v- violence in the U.S., in the States towards african americans now i know that that's a controversial thing to do but many of my heroes have done exactly that it's a strategic um way of really looking at the looking at the moral realities and the, and the moral hypocrisy of america um you know people like paul robeson did that so when america is pointing their finger at another country like iran and saying you have human rights violations and that very well may be true but the U.S. also has human rights violations. And so, you know, for us to go, it was a group of artists and activists and lawyers and educators and spiritual leaders um, that went to Iran to basically ho- hold this conference. Um, you know, that it's, it's something that I knew could be controversial. And I knew that it would be a little provocative. And I was, I was willing to, to take that risk. Also, I really wanted to visit Iran because it's a beautiful country with beautiful people. Um, you know, some of my dear friends were going on this trip and really, and, and, and had been before and really loved it. So I figured i would give it. Okay, I'll go. So I went there and the first day I spoke at the conference and I also did uh, I did my, my songs acapella. So it was something like spoken word poetry. It's illegal. Rap is illegal in Iran, not because they hate rap music, but because of the fact that they know that even if another country never invades you, especially with America and the West, you know, America, UK, uh, Europe, even if they never invade you, um, if you take their culture, then eventually their people will demand a government like theirs. They'll, because... You know, the, the, that's what the monoculture does. It's not really Western culture anymore. It's global monoculture. It's consumerist culture. You know, they, these aren't the original cultures of, uh, you know, of Scotland and Ireland and the UK and Germany and, you know, the original cultures of the US. This is a global monoculture. So they say, if, if that gets in here at all, then we're not going to be us anymore. So I respect it. You know, and, and so, so just
0: just to, just to clarify the so spoken word poetry is okay. So is it just when you put a, a beat to it, it becomes rap music in their definition?
2: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they actually have a, a, an extremely rich history of poetry. Um, so I mean, you know, a lot of people know about Rumi, and uh, you know, but but I would say the other biggest poet in, in the Islamic tradition is Hafiz, H A F I Z, and I mean anybody that hasn't read Rumi. R U M I and Hafiz should read those two. They're, they're some of the most amazing, amazing poets that ever lived, and they talk a lot about the realities of love. And Hafiz is really about sincerity. And Hafiz is a is a Muslim uh, scholar, but he's criticizing people that pretend religion and people that are self-righteous. So it's like if people that, that say, like, I don't like organized religion, you should read Hafiz. Like Hafiz is your that he's your man. Anyway. So yeah, so you can do spoken word poetry. They love it. They actually champion it. it it's it's part of the the government honors it. Um, it's considered like one of their national art forms, like the same way that maybe cricket is for some countries or baseball for the U.S. It's like a national pastime for them. Um, and so, you know, the second day though, I, I did my presentation, and the organizer said, "We really wanted to hear your song called Uncle Sam." Goddamn. So I said, okay, thank you. So I am so okay, you know, so, and they said, would you please do it with the music? We want to hear the music. And I know that that's not legal, but they had some of the like Shiite clerics at the event. And I know that they're both, uh, they're representatives of their religion and also their state. It's a state religion in Iran. And so I know that they're also representatives of the state. So I asked their permission. And they said yes. And I had actually met them the day before. And they were very sweet to me. I'm not a Shiite, but I mean, they were very sweet to me. You know, they kissed my forehead. They thanked me for, you know, I honored them. They they honored me. It was very beautiful. So they said, go ahead. So I had the music on my iPad. And so, and uh, played the music. And I stood at the podium, which says the name of the hotel on it. And I, I did the song. People liked it. And then about... Right after, that, right after that, I got rushed away to go do a, an interview. And when I came back 20 minutes later, they said, your performance is all over every station on, on Iranian TV, which are government stations. And I didn't even know that was a possibility. And what I came to find out is that the people that invited me, they had an agenda where they wanted to show the government of Iran that hip-hop is okay. So what they said, they said, okay, we'll have this American Rapper uh, doing this song that's critical of the U.S. government, and we'll show it to the Iranian government, and then they'll see that like him doing this in Iran, you know, uh, is something that that would be considered good. But they didn't tell me that. And then the other part is that I didn't communicate. There are rappers in Iran who have to be completely secretive because they could get arrested, and some of them like move to other countries so that they can actually rap because it, they, they, you know, so to them, it's to those rappers, and those MCs, that hip hop community, it's very disrespectful for somebody to show up and, and rap on TV when they're not allowed to do that. I never checked in with them, you know, and I realized like, oh, th- these people, these organizers tricked me into doing this. And, uh, you know, and, and, and it just didn't feel right. So I said, and also I was getting death threats. And people, people knew what hotel I was at because it's, it says it on the podium that I was rapping on. And they keep playing it on TV over and over and over again. So I'm like, okay, I'm in Iran. I'm doing something illegal on TV. I'm getting death threats. Um, so you're getting, you know, death,
0: were you getting death threats from the You're getting death threats from both the, the hip hop community and people who didn't like hip hop and you're upsetting locals. But you're also upsetting America potentially because you're sort of criticizing the American government as well. Yes. So you're just sort of basically annoying
2: everyone. <laughs> everybody.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So everybody so th- except
2: everybody except my friends. Yes. Yeah. So what, what was your thoughts at this point? I thought it was a very real possibility that I could die. Yeah. Um the other part of this is that the phones don't work. Like our cell phone doesn't work in Iran. Um, there's very, very limited access to the internet. So you, when you can get some Wi-Fi on your phone, you just have it uh, maybe enough to update your emails. Also, a lot of social media doesn't work in Iran. It's blocked. Um, and it's just very difficult to communicate. And then also, my credit cards don't work. Also, I can't go to a cash machine, an ATM, um, and take money out. So it's just really like, I'm really, you know, I can't get an Uber. Yeah. I can't, you know what I'm saying? Like, the you're, electric...
0: you're just basically thinking, I need to get out of here, but I'm assuming that your, your return flight still had a few days before it was due
2: to leave. Weeks. We I was supposed weeks? to be there for two yeah. weeks. All right. I yeah, I was it. supposed to be there for two weeks. So I go to the airport. I, I, so... I I took my last, the the, the little bit of money I had, went to the airport, get to the airport. Uh, There's only one flight a day on the airline that I'm on. It only flies out once a day. So I have to wait till nighttime and it flies out at like midnight. So I have to wait till midnight. Uh, So I'm already in the airport for like 12 hours. Wait till midnight. I don't have any money to eat. Um, You know, I get, uh, finally, I go to the desk. And they say, "You can't just change your flight. The person that bought your flight, they have to come here and change your flight, so I was, okay, I'll just buy a different a new flight home um, okay, but my credit card doesn't work. so what do I do? How do I get how am I going to get out of here? And I don't have the money to get back to the, my hotel, so even if I wanted to go back, I can't yeah. Um, and then to get to, like, when you check in the hotel, they hold your passport. So in order to, to get my passport back, I had to check out of the hotel. So I was in the airport for about two and a half days. Um, finally, you know, they 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 came and got me. Uh, they said that they had put out a an a alert. They said, if you don't come back, they sent one of my friends to the airport. And they said, if you don't come back, we're going to put out a security alert. There's an American missing in Iran. And the police will be looking for you. So I hadn't eaten. I hadn't slept in a bed. I hadn't, you know, I basically was just standing my suitcase up and, like, laying my head down on my suitcase to sleep. I had a few dollars left from the cab, so I was buying cake. I was buying, like, slices of cake so that I wouldn't pass out. They have good cake in Iran, I've heard. Oh, they're, they're, Their food is amazing. And the people there are so beautiful. Like the people there are really beautiful people. And, um, you know, it was just, it's just, so then finally, uh, things got worked out after several days of trying to get out. I finally got a chance. I finally left and, um, the organizers ended up changing my flight for me. Um, and I finally made it home, but then once I made it home, then they put me on this status called 4S, which means the highest security alert possible, where they still let you fly, but they they interrogate you, they check everything. And that kind of comes and goes. Sometimes I have it, sometimes I don't. Um, sure. yeah. Hey
1: yo, the music made jump You're not serious, I got few. So no superior So here he is A seasoned veteran an ego wrecking I turn it up another notch To keep the people guessing Y'all ain't fucking with the ox So which your feeble session Double teaming for the evening So you heed the lesson Subtle so Looking at me like they know me Only about as far as they drunk ass Can throw me Do it Somebody's bound to catch it No breakage Never that We keep it basic like breakfast So taste it The vitamins are subtle So tighten up the sluggle We've been to decipher the puzzle But shut up though Fuck that sucker Jump back I hold the game like Lord to. I don't get danged. I'll be one back. From cat's lips to God's ears. We line your pump bastards across ears, applying our tactics till y'all scared. Don't stop till your drunk ass hits the back stairs. Fuck that jump back, yo. What's that drip?
0: So we know that you're coming to Scotland soon. Uh, are you are you are you are you already in the middle of that tour?
2: Well, we 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 did the the U.S. part of the Shadows on the Sun tour, and uh, when we come to Scotland, that's when we begin the the UK part. Yeah, the, the UK split. and Europe part. Yeah, we, we we're actually starting in Glasgow. I'm so happy about that.
0: Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's always a good night in Glasgow for um. Yeah, have you you played Glasgow a few times?
2: I have, and you know a lot of a lot of people in the U.S. don't know their ethnic like heritage, and so I, I've been pretending to be. Uh, Scottish, my whole life. <laughs> Like I, I've just been saying it. You know what I mean? Like, because actually, my 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 mother was adopted, and she used to say that we were part Scottish, and so I have just always just believed it.
0: Yeah. Have you got? Have you have you mastered the accent yet?
2: I don't. I, no, that's disrespectful to me, so I don't do it.
0: <laughs> no. Okay. Because
2: stop. my my ear doesn't know the difference between Ireland, Scotland, and then there are parts of also England that sound similar to my ear. But yeah, I know, see, you guys—they don't sound similar at all. Well,
0: I don't know. I, I do. I do agree. I think there's um, certain parts of England, like Newcastle. I mean, Newcastle. Yeah. Newcastle probably sounds more more Scottish than in parts of Scotland. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the, I could. If, have you um, have you listened to any UK hip hop before?
2: Um, a little bit, you know. I, I but I don't listen to as much hip hop as I. I don't listen to much new hip hop um like i basically once i started making rap music there there are some artists that i listen to but i don't listen to a whole lot of hip hop anymore and it's not cuz i don't think it's good it's just that i spend so much time making hip hop music that i don't like i want to listen i usually end up listening to the records that we sample so i listen i listen to jazz music and um you know turkish music brazilian music um uh, you know gospel music i don't listen to a lot of hip hop once i started making it and that's also when i started traveling yeah. so i mean I, I, you know i have heard you know i love low key for example um, and there are other there are other artists that i that i really like too but aside from the people and i love i love akala a lot yeah you know but, but yeah, those guys are like you know they remind me of my friends in the in the in the us so like that, that so they, doesn't even feel like a different type of hip hop
0: yeah is there anyone in the in the US that we might not be aware of that we should maybe be
2: listening to ourselves uh there's a woman named Sa Rock, Saroc S A R O C yeah um she's incredible and you know she's my she's kind of my one newer favorite that I listen to all the time
0: and, and just going ba- uh, back to that you were talking about records that you sample uh, how does the writing process work for you is it do do you do you focus? Do you just go away and write uh, lyrics, and then then uh, bring the music together, or are you are you working on the getting the beats first and then writing to the beats?
2: I always write to the beat.
0: And it is, it, is, it, is, it, is it sort of, am I correct in saying is it is the producer from Atmosphere that you you tend to work with quite a lot?
2: Yeah, and, and he's the one that I've worked with the most. Yeah. I've, I've done some work with Jake One. I've done some a few things myself. Um, I've actually been hanging out with a with a different producer lately but we won't say anything about that until we start putting music out together but there is another producer I've been hanging so, out with. Lately.
0: So um, when it comes to the actual writing process are, are do you do you write a lot and then just edit it down or do you, do you find it comes quite naturally now obviously you know you're a very experienced writer now. So I'm just wondering if it's a do you, do you do you write lots and then just take the gold out of it, or do you, or or is it quite a a, a sort of natural process when you write to the beat? Um,
2: I usually I usually write to the beat and I write. Uh, I I really kind of edit as I go. So yeah. I, so by the time that I reach the end of a verse, that's the that's the way the verse is going to be. Yeah. Once I start, you know, once I go to to spit it, I, and then also I'm partially blind, so I can't. I don't read off the paper very well and and perform and like record it at the same time. So normally what I do is I I write it and then I record like a demo version of it and then I listen to that and if I like it, I listen to it until I memorize it and when I go in the studio I've already memorized the song. Yeah. And so during that process a lot of times I'll change little things if there's just too many syllables or if there's if there's like if I could add an extra little something that rhymes or something, I'll maybe change a little bit here and there. But I usually do the editing while I'm writing, and then there's not much editing that happens after that.
0: Nice one, nice one. And I I noticed that, um, the the song uh, is fairly new, sensitive. Was that six a year or two old now? Uh, it's a brilliant song, and I noticed that you referred to the fact that touring seven days a week for five years is is taking its toll, and you're. Your vocal cords, among other things. Now, is there, Have you got? Are you planning to do less live shows? And and what advice would you give to artists to avoid burnout?
2: Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of artists, hip hop artists, and also singers, we damage our voices, and nobody really teaches you about that. And
0: yeah, I, I just recently had a, an operation for a vocal pollet myself. So oh, you uh, did. Yeah, yeah. So I'm. Um, I've. Um, before I start doing the live shows, um, a lot of live shows, I'm going to try and take the whole idea of warming up the voice a little bit more seriously. Because like you said, nobody nobody tells you and you don't think about it until you've maybe already done some damage.
2: Yeah, so I mean, you know, in terms of the guys that are older than me, like KRS-One's voice is, is profoundly damaged. And he's got one of the best voices ever in hip hop. And it, when you hear him now, it... You hear that his voice is damaged. DMC, of course, lost his voice from Run DMC. Um, Kendrick Lamar has vocal damage. I mean, his voice sounds really cool, but if you listen to him on his early records until now, he has vocal damage. Um, My friend Sage Francis actually had that operation as well. I mean, you know, Adele had the operation. Stevie Wonder had the operation. A lot of people have had that operation um and i maybe i should get it i don't know i i just uh you know i'm, I'm th- there are nights when i'm on tour where like my voice will be rough and it makes it almost impossible because my whole performance is my voice yeah you know what i mean i don't it's not like i'm dancing and jumping around on the stage and all that stuff i'm you know I move my body with the music, but for the most part, it's about me rapping, and if I can't rap, then it makes it really, really difficult. So Do you try and do any vocal warm-ups or anything like that? I do. I do some yeah. of that, and also I don't um, part of what I realized is that, yeah, I didn't take my rest seriously when I was younger. Um, so now, you know, rest, resting the voice is really important. Uh, sleep is really important water is really important uh limiting caffeine is really important
0: and unfortunately Um, all all those things are the opposite of what the 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 industry is which is dehydration stress not sleeping enough and using your voice constantly Uh, and and usually most people need a lot of coffee to get through these punishing schedules
2: yeah and and you know i don't have any um That you know, my two vices are sugar and coffee. Uh, Because you know, I'm saying I'm I'm Muslim, so I don't drink or smoke or you know what I mean, any of that kind of stuff. Um, And so for me, the 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 things that are like when I'm on the road and I'm 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 tired or I feel down, if I if I'm going to if you know if I'm going to go to some kind of substance to make myself feel better, it's going to be sugar and coffee. Yeah. And those are the worst things for for the voice. I mean, alcohol is bad for the voice, smoke is bad for the voice, but in terms of the things that are still in my life, those things are really bad. So it's just it's a it's an ongoing kind of struggle. And um,
0: so have you have you have you have you been have you been um, have you been planning out that's the tour for this record? Have you been uh, thinking about that and maybe doing less shows or giving yourself a bit more
2: rest? Yeah. Well, we don't we don't do. We don't do seven shows a week anymore. Like we used to do six shows every week, seven shows, a lot of weeks. So we would go two weeks without a night off sometimes. So did you just
0: take Mondays off? Was it just I don't do Mondays idea?
2: You know, man, so I also, I teach a class. I teach a, like I have a, um, I teach Islamic Spirituality. Uh, at home in in the twin cities in minneapolis so when i'm in the u.s this is bad man like this is how addicted i am to r- r- talking and like running my mouth on mondays when i'm in the u.s i fly home and i teach a class for two hours that's me talking for two hours straight so yeah. yeah we don't you know so mondays is a day off but it's not really a day off and then yeah we usually do more like we try to do four or maybe five shows a week now instead of six or seven
0: yeah, that's good. Is there any um, advice you would give uh, just the second part of the question just for um, any up-and-coming artists to avoid burnout, not just with the live thing but maybe taking too much on is there any um, tools that you would suggest for people that are maybe taking too much on
2: I don't know if people would take this advice because even if I was given this advice I don't know if I would have taken it um, you know when you're young and ambitious and you have a especially if you feel like this is my my shot um i mean every single show that i went into especially in my 20s and really for most of my 30s too every show that i got a chance to do i was trying to absolutely do something above and beyond even my own ability and um you know so i was there's a point in your voice where you can You know, really what you're doing is you're not letting the microphone do its job. You're not letting the sound man do their job. Uh, And you're you're you push your voice beyond the beat, like above the music you're trying to make. I was trying to make my voice cut through the music. And there was a pitch that I, I can still do it. But they're like, there's a pitch that I can get to that cuts through everything. And. You know, that should really be something that we do for certain moments of the show. And yeah. I was doing it for a whole hour and a half performance. And another thing, too, is a lot of times when we headline, we do long sets. Um, you know, we don't just do a 45-minute set. If if we're headliners, it's going to be at least an hour, usually between an hour 15 and an hour and a half. And, um, you know, so I've, I've just kind of learned that that I don't need to be at that complete upper register for the whole show. And it actually makes it so that when I do go there, it's more powerful. So it's, it's just, it's like anything else, man. It's just like, you know, young, young, when you're young, um, a lot of times we have, what we have is energy and what we don't have is wisdom. So we use our energy on 10 all the time. And then you learn wisdom and you hope you, you get why, you, you hope you learn some wisdom before losing your energy. And that's what I feel like has happened to me. So like, I'm, you know, I'm 40 and I feel like I can, I still perform at a very, very, very high level, but I'm a little more wise with it now. So I just don't have to.
0: You're just picking your battles better basically. And um, yeah, would you say you've ever had any moments of uh, synchronicity or weird coincidences that stick in your mind that have changed your career or, or your life for that matter for the better? Uh, well, you've been on your
2: journey. Yeah, I mean it's it's full of those. Um, I think anybody you don't have to be a, a considered an artist to to have this, but anybody that that understands their life to be a journey that, or is is a, it's a collaboration between us and the source. Um, you know, between us and the essence, between us and the unseen. Between us, and you know, some people will say the universe. Some people will say God. Some people, and there are different ways of understanding that. You know, the seen material world of space and time is has a at least at the very least has a relationship with and with the unseen. I believe it's actually governed by the unseen. I think that the unseen world actually governs the seen world, and us living in it is uh, the collaboration of those two. So anybody that sees it that way, that understands that it is a journey, um, has moments where things just come together in ways that you never would have planned, but they're better than anything you could have planned.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think I've got, I've got one more question for you, because I, I don't want to take you too long. I know you're very busy today. Um, it was um, Frank Quinn asked me to ask you if what it was like to do a song with Public Enemy, and how did that come about?
2: Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting when you asked that last question, that's what I was thinking about is...
0: Oh, well, there's some synchronicity there. <laughs>
2: yeah. I mean... Some skype
0: of synchronicity.
2: Yeah. I mean, really, the, you know... Um, yeah. So all of my heroes, there's only one or two that I haven't come in contact with yet. Um, but... And these are my musical heroes my political heroes, my spiritual and religious heroes. There's only one or two that I haven't met yet. I've 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 met almost all of them and they've all embraced me at some point. Um but Chuck D is one of the really, really special ones because um you know not only did he appear he he appeared on my record, which is, you know, people do you a favor sometimes, but then he asked me to be on a public enemy record and that was really big and Chuck D is somebody who's really accessible, down to earth. Um, you know, I, I call him the Sheikh of music. Like he's the the way that the Sheikh is in in Islamic spirituality, where you have a, a master, but all they want to do is serve their students. They're they're not they they won't let you treat them like a king. They want to serve you, and they really just want to hang out with you. And they teach you by hanging out. Uh, that's how Chuck D is, and so that out of all the people in hip hop that I know he's the he's the most valuable and precious one to me.
0: Yeah, well, th- thank you very much for your time today brother Ali. I hope that the tour goes brilliant, and um I hope to see you in Glasgow when you arrive. And um, is it, sorry is this a new album is it already out or is it about to come out or
2: um well we had a the, the last one that we did was All the Beauty in This Whole Life in twi- uh, last year. Yeah, that's a great um, album. I really enjoyed it. Thank you, thank you. And so I am working on something new that I hope to put out this year. We'll see how it goes. But I hope okay. that I hope that I have a new project this year.
0: Okay, well well thank you very much for your time today and we will see you in Glasgow. Thank you very much, mate. All the thank best you
2: mark. Appreciate it, brother. Okay. And they had high hopes, but many were left with heartache.